0: Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash mom
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 436 of The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk about hashtag influenced again.
0: (laughs) I feel like I influenced you to become a podcaster. I mean, you've influenced me in so many ways that that could be a whole different episode. Maybe I'm more influenced. I think you're just more, you are more ahead of- (laughs) No, I think you pay attention to a lot of trends more than I do, and/or you're just a couple of years older than me. So, and your kids are older than mine. So, stage of life stuff. But you have been influencing me since I read your blog in like 2009.
1: Oh wow, yeah, that that is going way back. Um, and this we've covered this idea on the podcast before. We talked about influencing back in 2021, kind of like. know, not because we see ourselves as big influencers, but just in the way that we're all influencing each other all the time. Like we're basically all micro influencers now influencing one another and, um, talking about how that's played out in our lives over the years, I think is really fun. And then it's really, really fun to talk about the specific products and services and things like that, that it has led us to
0: for better and for worse sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> yes,
1: exactly.
0: Well, Sarah, I'm
1: curious, what are your earliest memories of being online? Hashtag influenced.
0: Right. Because of course, like I was influenced in junior high by what people were wearing and listen- right. music they were listening to. But yeah, in this world of internet influencing, I have some specific memories. Um, from all from like the, I'm going to say 2010, 11, 12, 13, it just may have been, I know Instagram came on around that time. And maybe when I was starting to pay a little bit more attention, I was reading a lot of blogs. I was starting to dabble in blogging. So here are some specific things I was directly influenced to buy. Um, using a DSLR camera was what the cool bloggers were doing at that time before our iPhones could take really good photos. And I, desperately aspired to have a DSLR camera. I eventually did get one, but the thing I was influenced to buy was a camera bag. Um, and it just is so funny because I I was like such a baby photographer, but the bloggers would do these giveaways and really like spotlight some camera bag, like Etsy, um, sellers. And I was all in, so I still have a really cute camera bag, um, from that era. Um, I was influenced to buy a swimsuit from Walmart by Shana Dragalis, who used to have ain't no mom jeans, which became the mom edit a fashion influencer. Yes. And it was so cute, like a retro. And I her when she was influencing, it was about how like this is such a good Walmart find and so affordable. Totally bought it for my postpartum third baby. Loved it. It was so cute. Um, a necklace, uh, influenced by girl gone child girl. Now I'm mixing up Girl's my Gone child. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Rebecca Wolf, um, beautiful writer still online. Um, it was a necklace with the initials of my children and she had just had her third and fourth babies. And so that again, it was an Etsy. It was a blogger influencing me to buy from an indie Etsy seller. And I, I think that's a through line. I love being influenced towards small maker designers. I think that's yeah. really cool. And then, um, later in the show, we're going to talk about being influenced to like make or create something, which I think is, it's a, it's a, it's a, a little like subset of this because you're not yep. actually buying anything. You're actually like getting your creative stuff out. I was influenced to make, um, handmade Valentine's by a post from Kristen Howerton rage against the minivan this would have been maybe 2000, yeah, 13. I think my first kid was in late preschool or maybe kindergarten, and it was such a cute idea. It looked like the kid was holding a lollipop, um, like a giant lollipop, because of the way you posed them in the photo. It was like a whole digital photo creative thing, and I pulled it off, influenced by Kristen Howerton. So those were some specific memories.
1: I love memories from like just you naming all those people because all of those are people who, I either was like on their podcast or they were on yeah, our podcast. These people or we are all were, still around. Yeah, they're all still around. Or we, back in the day, we would do like blog interviews and blog hops where yep. you'd, before people were really podcasting or doing like social media collaborations, you might do something like that on their blog. And these were all um, Shane Rebecca and Kristen were all people that we, you know, interacted with in those yeah. ways back in those days. And for me, that, 2009 to 2012 ish. That's kind of the window I'm thinking of where social media existed, but it just, it blogging was still where I did the majority of my reading and the majority of my interacting and creating um, myself. And so it's just really fun to think about that time period. Um, What I really remember from that time period was those, um, I, I don't even think they're I think the brand has changed now, but it was fashion able. So it was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, now it's, able. But it's now it's just able. Now it's just able, right? Still around. They they had. So it was all like fair trade, um, handmade stuff. And I think there's definitely like a a it's a good cause. Yep. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it was to support women in countries where they could like make a good income yep. from their craft and their goods. But the one I really remember was their scarves. I was really into wearing scarves back then. I wore scarves constantly, and they had these great scarves. And all the cool kid bloggers were promoting the scarves and doing, <laughs> and doing campaigns with Abel. Uh-huh. And I think I had. One I think or you two bought me one.
0: Yeah, that Did was I? like the first <gasps> gift you ever gave me. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Uh-huh. Hopefully
1: not the last. Well, no, not the last because I think I gave you something the last time I saw you. But and then the other thing that I remember from that time, and this was definitely like. Um, Happening on blogs, but also reinforced by going to conferences. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were a couple two, three, four jewelry designers that were doing those little stamped pendant necklaces.
0: Is this like the so, origami owl thing? We we last time we talked about this era, we couldn't figure out what the necklace that, origami owl was That's where not the you brand. put little things in like a locket, right? Like you choose little yeah. beads and things.
1: What I'm thinking of, oh, my gosh, Lisa something was one of the. Designers, oh, I do
0: remember that. I'm not going to remember her name, but I and remember there was a you. few
1: others. And it would be like a very delicate little chain with a little, like a little circle or a square or a you know little shape stamped. And it might be stamped with your initial. It might say "Choose your joy" or right. something like. It might have your kids' names, and then often there would be like a little pearl over it or a little bead. Yep. Yeah, those I feel like were huge because they were. A lot of times in swag bags and things, mm-hmm. so I'd go to a conference and you'd get one. And so I had a whole bunch of them in my jewelry box, and I was always like kind of circling through them. I actually feel like they'd be in style again now, because I think that those, you know, for a little while we went towards statement
0: necklaces. Yes, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: now we've kind of, I think it's kind of swung back toward yeah delicate jewelry again. So I should dig them out. I feel like I gave a couple to Clara, and of course I still have jewelry like that, and I still like the look. It's just. It kind of looked like I wore the same necklace every day because I had five or six that were all that same look. Um, But I'm going to quickly go way, way, way back, Sarah, to about 2000, 1999, 2000, 2001. Um, I was in. Well, actually, no, it would be it would be earlier than that. It was before I had Isaac. So like 98, 99. I was on forums and things like that. There was no social media. Hardly anybody was blogging before 2000. You know, it was like really early, but there was, I don't, it's so funny to think about the way word would spread because it was so different then than the way it works now. But I think it would just be like word of mouth inside of these parenting forums. And there were some designers who made designer cloth diapers and oh. designer slings. So these would be moms typically at home, but sometimes they, sometimes the companies were slightly bigger. Like it okay. would be a mom and she'd have a few hired seamstresses or something. But th- it would be like a cloth diaper in a fancy print. Okay. And people would spend a lot of money on them. Wow. <laughs> like upwards of $20 for a single all-in-one cloth diaper. Wow. So I never had enough money for that, but I do remember... Before I believe it was when Isaac was little, someone gave me a big box of like hand-me-down cloth diapers and it had some of the designer cloth diapers mm-hmm. in there. And slings. That was the other one. Like you there would be like a limited edition version of a sling. And it would be in this one fabric that you could only get, you know, there's only 10 right. of them made or something. And that was kind of big in yeah. my circles. And it's just kind of funny. I'm sure it's still out there, yeah. but um the word would spread in a very different way now than it did 10 years ago and certainly different than 20 years ago.
0: Right. I'm just thinking how funny it would be. (laughs) Like, I wish I wish we were having an event somewhere where cool, hip, newer moms could show us the products that are like the thing to have. We would have no idea. Like you could put like a blind or like not a blind test, but like you could give us a quiz of like which of these diaper bags costs a million dollars and every mom covets. And we would be like, I have no idea. (laughs)
1: Right. right, I know. And I, I also wonder how many of the companies that were around, like some of, the blo- um, some of the cloth diaper companies, for example, that were just getting started when I was first cloth diapering a baby 24 years ago are still around. How right. many got bought out? Like how mm-hmm. many now are, have merged and you can buy them at Target or something? Yeah. I just, it was so underground back then. It was, truly, it was truly very early influencer marketing because the way the word spread is that a a designer would join these forums and talk about her products and stuff. It was just like a really different way of doing it. And then word would spread in in these small communities.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I have some fun, I'm going to say lightning round adjacent questions for us about being influenced. Um, You know, we are terrible at actually doing lightning rounds, but we're going to try and get through quite a bit of different ways we've been influenced Um, are being influenced and things we've bought and consumed and made lately because of online influence. So I think we should just dive in. Um, Let's start easy. Just tell me something that you were influenced to buy based on advertising, marketing or true like influencer marketing alone. In other words, you didn't run into someone also in person who verified that this was a good idea. The Internet did it to you.
1: Yeah. So I've got two that I think are a little bit, i oh, sorry. Again, lightning round. I'm not good, but <laughs> um, I think these are both sort of similar, but different because it's like a whole category of things that I ended up buying a whole bunch of. And then I will talk about whether um, they were what I thought. So one is like wool underwear, clothes. Um, wool's having a moment definitely on my Instagram, which does not mean it's having a moment on anyone else's Instagram. It just means that Instagram has decided that I am influencable in the world of wool. And so I have purchased wool underwear and wool, a wool bra and a wool dress and some other, I was already in on wool socks, but like some other wool items. And that was something I wasn't looking for at all. I just started getting lots of ads and was like, huh, this is interesting. And then it's like, the more you look at it, the more of that stuff you get. Yeah. So a lot of those purchases have been made. I love my wool underwear and bra for sure. Um the wool dress I sent back, but I could see the I can see the potential. Mm-hmm. It just it wasn't right. The other thing that in like a category that I ended up getting influenced to buy recently was when I was getting married, I decided to basically redo all my makeup and I went and like found one specific influencer that I knew did a lot of makeup content mm-hmm. and basically bought a lot of stuff on her recommendation and didn't love a lot of it. So it was just interesting. Like one category, I wasn't looking for at all. Well, right. Another category I specifically went out to this specific influencer. You were like, influence me. Yes. I was like, I, yes, I opened the the door wide to be influenced. And I think people do that more than we always know. Like if you, Sarah had to go buy something right now in a category you weren't super familiar with, you might go to the person yep. you follow who you think would know who yes. would know a lot about that. It, just, that it was cuts what
0: down on the overwhelm. So, yeah, right. you're, you're basically like raising your hand to be like, I would like to be influenced. And then where, you know, where's the easiest place to go <laughs> to be right. influenced? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So those are mine. Well, mine came directly from a podcast ad, which I think is so funny because that's our business model. We run ads on this show that hopefully our listeners will listen to and maybe make a purchase if it's the right moment for them. So I had been hearing ads for the underwear company, Me Undies on Armchair Expert, Dax Shepard's show for, I don't know, two years. And it's just so funny how like eventually there's a moment where you're like, I think I do want to try those underwear. I needed um, an overhaul, especially for underwear I sleep in at night. And I was hoping that they had kind of like a, almost a bike short, not as long as a bike short, but like somewhere between like a boy short and a bike short, um, okay. to sleep in at night. Um, and I went on there and I think what I did first was I ordered like one pair of a couple of different styles and they came and I actually really liked them all. Um, they have a bunch of different fabrics and their whole thing is that they have really silly prints. Have you ever been on their website or gotten I have, served? Yes, as? Okay. Yes. So they have really silly, bright, vibrant, um, playful prints. That's not really what I was in the market for, but I I chose undies because I had heard the dang podcast ad so many times and I ended up really liking the bike short style that I got and I ordered like four or five more of those because I, they're just what I sleep in. It's like it's almost now like sleep shorts or pajama shorts. I don't wear them with any other clothes except to sleep at night. Next time we share a hotel room, I will parade around in my undies.
1: <laughs> I hope they have bananas on them.
0: Mine don't, but I got a couple loud prints and then a lot of plain ones. But um yeah, that was straight up podcast ad influencing. So that was a success.
1: That's the kind of thing that if my kids knew um that you had bought like if if me undies sponsored this podcast, uh-huh. my kids would be very excited because they're so familiar with me Undies through other podcasts. You know how that gives right. you like yes. cred? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, okay. So what about something that we were influenced to do because of online influencing? And this is a little more like wide open, but For me, this is a real positive. I have been consistently influenced to check out local businesses in my town, restaurants, coffee shops, boutiques, um, because I follow a lot of local accounts on Instagram, starting with like the Chamber of Commerce and the Downtown Business District. And then if I see that there's a new restaurant opening up, or if I see that the paper's done a roundup of restaurants, I'll like, click through and follow that. I did this really intentionally when we moved to Santa Barbara in the early days of the pandemic because I was new again to my old hometown and it was the shutdown. And so I really wanted to support I, I wanted to like immerse myself in local businesses, but we we were all staying home. No, no businesses mm-hmm. were open. So I guess accidentally or not accidentally, it was intentional. My feed is really heavily weighted to local businesses. And I actually love that about my Instagram. So I'm constantly to my parents and my husband and my local friends. I'm like, Ooh, let's go try this new place. Or have you seen this place? And I will say that if you out there listening have a locally based brick and mortar business and are wondering if having quality photos on your social accounts and like engaging social media is worth the investment, I mean, it directly influences me to go to your restaurant. If you have a pretty picture of yeah. a cocktail, or like you're having a pop-up sale and everything looks really cute, I'm unabashedly all in. And I have, I have like gotten in my car and left my house, which we know I'm kind of a homebody and I'm kind of an underbuyer and I'm kind of an introvert, but this gets me out of my house trying new places in my town. And I'm like, this is a vote in the positive column for social media and influencing to me. And I've, I've discovered all kinds of cool things.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like when I talk to um, local, you know, small businesses and they ask about whether Instagram is worth it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you don't even understand. Like the world I'm in and we're in of trying to influence people to like listen to a podcast on Instagram. We have way less impact. Yeah. Like I feel like every post we have to do so much with it because you have to impact so many you have to influence so many people to go listen and like to see movement. It's really hard. Yeah. If you have a physical business and you can get physical people in your community to know about what you're doing via Instagram or Facebook, yeah. if both of them work. It's like, all you got to do is motivate a few people to come in and they're going to spend real money. It yeah. really makes a difference. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a positive too. Like it's, um, it puts you in touch with what's going on and it's, it's like taking control of your feed and yeah. having it show you what you want to see. So yeah. I, I see that as
0: a positive for sure. Um, Another really silly one is that I really think that the the Instagram convinced me to finally start painting my nails consistently, as did our sponsor, Olive and June, who works almost exclusively in influencer marketing. So it's like it's a layer of also being a part of the medium is the
1: message. And yes, (laughs) Yes.
0: but I will say that now, like if I'm going to like take a picture or have my hands in a picture like I feel naked without nail polish and that never used to be that way. So I, I directly credit the the Instagram for influencing me to paint my nails consistently, which I think is also a good thing. I like that.
1: Um, so one that came to mind, and I think there's probably been a million things that I've been influenced to do, but one that's pretty recent is that I got really in the summer, got really into foraging, um, for edible plants on our property. Now, here's the thing. Here's why I think sometimes social media can be a really good thing. This is something I've thought about doing for decades. Mm -hmm. Like I've been interested in the idea of foraging for edible plants for a very long time. And besides berry picking just didn't do it. And I think the beautiful thing about Instagram, when we can harness it for our own benefit Uh is that you're fed like region, like, you know, that you're in the right region. Cause I'll see stuff that I know is from Michigan Uh um, foragers. It's, it's like the stuff that's in my area. It's the right time of year they often break it down and make it easy and show you what to do with it after you get it or how to know like this from that or tell you which apps to use to identify plants. So it's just, it's just like a little reminder, like, Hey, this is a thing you keep thinking you want to do. Why don't you just go do it? Right. And I really think like just consuming that content helped get me out the door. And then once you do it once, it's easier to do it again. And it's really been fun. We've, um, Eric and I have done a whole bunch of it over the last several months and it's, it's like a really fun little hobby for us now. And I don't know that like that was the 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 nudge yeah. I needed I, to get out there and start.
0: I love that. I think I even remember you posting something about how like you spent so much time doing stuff that that actually got you off of your phone for a little bit and yeah. I think it would be this is like a separate deep dive but it's so interesting to think about letting letting our phones or or technology provide the initial inspiration and spark, and then being like, okay, now now I'm going to put you down for two days while I actually go out and live this life and do this stuff. I think that's the dream. That's what we're all trying to do. Absolutely. That's what we're trying to pull off here. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMOUR.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of um, doing and making and creating, what is something that you've been influenced to actually create because of either an online trend or an influencer?
1: Yeah. Well, these I have two, but they go together. So one is my book that I um, my book proposal. I should say that I did sell to a publisher. I was influenced to get on the horn, get back on the horse, Mm -hmm. I guess, with book writing, because the last book I had written was like 12 years ago or something ridiculous like that, because I saw other people around me writing and releasing books. And I was getting frustrated with myself. I was like, why am I not doing this? I want to be back in that world too. Um, and actually ended up taking a book proposal class that I was influenced to take <laughs> because I follow the creator of it on Instagram, Beth Kempton. She does the Calm Christmas podcast and she's mm-hmm. doing another season this year, by the way.
0: Oh, I it should I thought about that just the other day. I was like, yeah, I want to get it should on. Should be that. out pretty soon. Yeah, soon. So I I was
1: influenced to listen to the Calm Christmas podcast from our dear listener. Sherry Tiernan, who's been around with us forever. Um, she influenced me to listen to the Calm Christmas podcast. I listened to the Calm Christmas podcast and was influenced to like Beth Kempton because it's just lovely to listen to. And then I followed her on Instagram and then she wrote that she had a book proposal class that she was teaching coming up. And at that same time, I had been noticing other people in, in our you know space writing and publishing books and feeling a little jealous about it. And then saw that she was doing this class. And I thought, well, if I do this course, who knows, by next summer or fall, I could have a book mm-hmm. proposal done and maybe uh, a publishing contract. So it's, again, like those layers of influence,
0: right? I like love- I This was, is such a success story.
1: Yeah. And it all came together in one thing. It's like, wasn't just one thing. It was like four different things yeah. all happening. Um, along those same lines, I was definitely influenced to get on Substack by the people that I follow who tend to be a lot of writerly people. And Substack is the place where writerly writers are flocking right Mm -hmm. now. And I liked the vibe and decided I wanted to, um, well, I started reading over there and then it didn't take me long to decide I wanted to dive in. And I've been now on Substack consistently for, I don't know, three months maybe. Yeah. And it's been great. So definitely... If it hadn't have been for social media, I don't know that I would have found out about Substack or I guess who knows, maybe I would have found out about it in whatever way people would be sharing things. But that was it led me directly to it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I kind of wish or maybe hope for the future that I am influenced to do more of that type of creating. Um, I feel like the Instagram influences me to create things around my home and in like more art, i guess like artsy craftsy ways yeah. lately i haven't had your experience with like my writing or freelance and so i'm th- i'm thinking about that i'm tucking that away um but this is totally fluffy last winter holiday season i got really into making pretty ice cubes to put in a cocktail okay, totally f- from reels like absolutely something that comes up in your tiktok or your instagram reels and so like the ones that were so pretty um would be like one cranberry so i have like a silicone ice cube tray that makes like nice cubes um nice like perfect cubes and i would put one cranberry and a tiny sprig of rosemary and they made such pretty ice cubes the reason i loved this so much is first of all it's dead easy like there's so many crafty cook like cooking and yes. baking things that i'm like well that's gorgeous but i first of all i don't think mine would turn out that pretty and second of all it just seems like a lot of work, but ice cubes, anybody can freeze water. And I have rosemary in my yard. Now don't, don't (laughs) underestimate yourself. Um, the rosemary came from my yard and the cranberries came from a bag from trader Joe's. I didn't do anything to them and they don't, you don't taste it in your cocktail as much as a little bit of aromatic and so pretty. And then of course your cocktail looks very Instagrammable. So it goes right back Yep. It, goes it right creates, back into it feeds the, machine. the cycle.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to do that now. You've influenced me just by talking about it. I hadn't even, I hadn't even seen those reels, but.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I'll send you pictures. I think we were trading maybe pictures last holiday, but, um, I will bring it up so you can do it sooner rather than later. Yes.
1: Cause I'll need some prep time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Need yeah, to yeah. Think about that. Think about bit. how water freezes the, the exact, yeah. <laughs> no, but you might need a new ice cube tray, which I'm sure yes, was like $5. Very likely. Okay. Um, well, let's each share something that we've been influenced to consume, like read, watch, listen, because of social media. I think this is really fascinating. And I, I guess I want to talk a little bit about hashtag bookstagram or the way that people share what they're reading on Instagram, which I have a really, um, like nuanced relationship with over the years. I actually have found that I can feel less good about my reading life when it seems like too many people are reading too many books, I can feel a little behind or like I'm not as much of a legitimate reader. So that's one one negative. Another negative is I think I just have kind of different taste in books than a lot of people. So I will get sucked into the idea of all of these fiction books that people are reading. And then I will either feel bad about not reading them or I will try to read them and realize I don't like them. So it's really taken me a while to, I guess, clarify. What I feel inspired to do after um, watching people share about what they read. I'm now at a point where I do read consistently. I'm very happy with what I read and I will occasionally take someone's recommendation. But now I kind of separate like that's good for them. I don't think that's the reading life for me. So that's interesting. And then what's funny is with podcasts, I'm the opposite. I'm very easy to influence with listening to a podcast episode because I know what I like. I will see someone be like, "Oh, this was a great interview on the Ezra Klein show," or like, "This was a fascinating series about blah blah blah." I'm like, "Okay, I will listen to that." I'm just, it's there's a very low barrier to entry. I listen to a lot of podcasts already, so if you've shared about a podcast and I think it sounds interesting, I will probably go and listen to it.
1: Um, I am like the opposite of you. Okay, this is so funny. I it takes a lot to get me to go check out a podcast that I haven't personally found via my own I know. very yeah, flawed you,
0: search. You like to dig around.
1: I do. And I think it maybe like the same thing that applies to you for books applies to me for podcasts. I don't, I listen to a lot of very niche podcasts. I mm-hmm. don't listen to a lot of things I think other people like. Yeah. And if someone's, if it's like the hot podcast of the moment, I'm probably not going to like it. I, it's, or I'm just not going to get, I'm just not going to remember to read it, to listen to it again and again. Now. There are obviously there are going to be some exceptions like um, Julia Louis Dreyfuss. It was amazing. I loved it. Maybe that means that I'm not as special as I think I am. And if I just listened to Dax or whatever, I would actually like it probably, but I hold out. It's like, I I I hold out on thinking I'm looking for something else besides what everyone has already discovered. I can be the same about books. I'm very rarely, um, I'm very rarely like influenced to go purchase a book Again, with some extension, with some exceptions, but I'm, but like Substack and articles and things like that, like a short form written content, I'm very influenceable.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So like if someone posts an article they wrote with a good teaser or like a good little graphic, I'm very likely to go find that. And... Unfortunately, what that means is I'm typically just influenced to consume more social media.
0: Right. They're keeping you in the system. They keep
1: me in the system. Mm -hmm. If it's well done, I'm like, ooh, I'll go down this rabbit hole and then I'll go to someone's account and watch like 70 of their videos or whatever, you know, or read all their posts. Like I, I, it's the friction thing I think that keeps me from jumping off of one platform and then going and like downloading a podcast. It's just there. It's that one step that I have to do that I often don't do. Yeah. Yeah. So, So interesting. and and it's very smart of Instagram not to make any links clickable because on Facebook, if I'm on Facebook, which I don't like being on Facebook anyway, but the links, the links in the posts are clickable. And so I'm like looking to get off. Like when I'm in Facebook, I am looking for ways to jump off of Facebook someplace else. And I click a lot of links and I leave, but on Instagram, I don't
0: leave. Mm -hmm. I just stay. Yeah. Stay and stay and scroll and scroll. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Pretty soon you bought new makeup and you don't know what and wool underwear and you don't know what happened. (laughs) Um, okay, well, let's turn the tables and talk a little bit about um when we have decided we love something so much, we want to influence others. So talk a little bit about some things that you've become an evangelist for and now influence other people to do or buy or make. And this could be like maybe you are earning an income from this, or you are just out of the kindness of your heart, telling everyone they need to do this thing.
1: Well, I'll talk about three, one that does make me a little bit of money and two that don't at all. One is my hatch clock. So I got a hatch restore sunrise alarm like a year and a half ago, I think solely on being sold on Instagram. I've had sunrise alarm clocks forever. And I think like I've had sunrise alarm clocks since before anybody I knew was using them. Yeah, I don't think I
0: realized that the the hatch was so new. I I think I thought you'd always had that one.
1: No. So I used to use one that I just bought on the internet and I think I actually found it. I mean, I've had it for so long, like 2012 or something. And I, the first one I bought, I think I Googled like, is there a clock that makes your room light up or something like that? Because I thought that would be helpful. And it turns out there is, and it's called a sunrise alarm. And so I just kind of used like whatever ones I found on Amazon for a while. And then hatch found me on Instagram or their (laughs) algorithm did. Yep. And I started getting served ads for this. It's like next level. It's beautiful. It's program, like programmable. You can program a uh, like a nighttime wind down routine and a morning wake up routine. You can change the color scape, like all these different sounds like it's just really next level. And so I bought one. I loved it. I bought Clara one. I bought another one to keep at Eric's house. (laughs) Like I bought I think I ended up buying three or four of them. And then I was like, well, I love them so much. I may as well start talking about them on my socials and my blog. So like a year and a half later, I finally did like an affiliate deal with them. Mm-hmm. But I had promoted it quite a bit. So yes. if you go poke around on my website, you will find it. I've done like six articles where I talk <laughs> about Hatch. I just love it. And it's one of those things where like they knew their audience, whoever did their social found me, Yep, knew that I was their person and did a really good job. However, you know, however they did. It, I don't remember how they got me in. So that's one where I did turn it into a little bit of a money making thing. I will say I became a sort of an unwitting or unwilling um, chicken influencer. I never really meant to be that. Yeah. But once you have chickens and post about them on your Instagram, you will be good answering question. DMS Yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. So if you're not prepared to give good advice or tell people <laughs> you don't know that, just keep, keep your chickens to yourself. Um, And tea. You know, I read a lot about tea and and I so I get a lot of tea questions that I don't always feel a hundred percent prepared. I'm not like a tea certified tea expert or a tea sommelier or anything like that, but I answer to my to the best of my ability. And I wouldn't say like it's not like I was influenced to get chickens and drink tea because of the internet, but there is a whole subculture of chicken people and tea people on Insta. And you can find your people. Um And then you get more influence to get more into that. Right. And then the last one, because I'm watching it again right now, is Only Murders in the Building, that I was definitely influenced to watch on social. I don't remember if it was, I think it was actually Facebook. All of a sudden, everyone was talking about it. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yes, please. And I'm on my third season. And you know me, Sarah, I'm not that influenceable when it comes to TV shows. And you just don't
0: watch as much I don't watch that many. So
1: there's just no, like, and I often just wait a really long time to get when everyone's into a new show, I just don't get into it, but that one worked. And now I'm not sure I would say I'm like posting about it on the time. I don't know that I've posted about it at all on Insta, but I talk about it yeah. in person a lot.
0: So. I feel like I'm always a walking. I will always talk about whatever I'm watching with whoever will listen, but I don't post about it really online, but I, yes, um, we have not started season three yet, but we are, we are fans of only murders. Um, Okay. So I think that the top things I've accidentally become an evangelist influencer for Todoist, the productivity yep. app, uh, Christine Coe, of course, influenced me to try To Todoist probably three years ago. Um, but I truly, truly love it. And I also feel like weirdly like protective of it because it's a little, it has a little bit of a steeper learning curve than some list making or note taking or productivity apps. And once you do get really familiar with it, I think it's so powerful. Um, and I love talking about productivity and time management and things like that. So I've talked about it a lot on the show. Um, we do at the mom hour, we do have, um, an affiliate deal with them. I don't know that it really makes us any money, but I'm happy to talk about it. And, um, and really like, yeah, truly evangelize. Cause I really like to tell people like how I use it. <laughs> It's a little bit navel-gazy.
1: Well, I think that your your point about being a little protective of it is accurate because when, when I've asked you like a really quick one-off question, like you'll often, like about my calendar or something, you'll often say, well, you know, Todoist can do this, but, and then there's usually like a longer explanation about, the feeling I've gotten is if I'm not willing to go in all in, not all in, that's the wrong word, it, to make the best use of it. Yeah. I should probably take the time to set it up to my advantage. Otherwise, I might just be like, well, this isn't doing anything.
0: Right. And you and I've both said about any kind of like efficiency app that like it's a it's a it's it's dangerous to think that one more app is going to solve your busyness problem um, unless you're really willing to look at. Yeah. Look at um, the whole picture. Um, So, yes, I'm a big to doist. Influencer and actually, Todoist has great influencer people on their channel. Like they do great little videos and stuff. I think their content is really good. So maybe I should actually do content for them. Um, Just recently in our Kitchen Gadgets episode, I talked about my Ember mug, which was the first time I've talked about it on the podcast. But in real life, I have definitely sung the praises of the Ember mug, the mug that keeps your coffee yeah. at your desired temperature. And then we heard from someone at Ember. Yes, we have a listener who works at Ember. It's very exciting. Um, and also I felt bad that I said tea drinkers wouldn't get the benefits cause of course they would. Um, and then this also happens more in person, but I have been shopping thread up for thrifted consignment online stuff for probably a year and a half really consistently for my 10 year old and for myself. Um, and anytime someone's like, Oh, that's cute. Or like Violet's outfit, her style is so cute. I'm like thread up. Thread up, thread up. So, you and I are planning an episode about sustainability and some of our fun, like dips into more sustainable living and shopping. So, I'm going to save the deep dive on Thread up for that. But if you see me, I'm probably wearing something that I got on Thread up that was maybe even new with tags, but it was consignment purchased for half the price and kept it out of the landfill. And I will evangelize you until you are tired of listening to me about Thread up.
1: (laughs) Well, I definitely need, I need like a tutorial because I've tried to go on there a couple of times and the shopping experience is different from what you might be used to if you're shopping, you know, like a regular retailer online. And I think I get a little intimidated by
0: it and then I just go away. I'll, I'll get you back on. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet.
1: Sarah, our sponsor, Hia Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Higha vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? The deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: All right. Well, you hinted at it earlier, Megan, but sometimes we get influenced to buy or make or consume something that doesn't end up being quite right for us. For me, um a couple of years ago, I got influenced to think maybe I should buy a paper planner. So many people love their planners. They look so cute. You can color code them and highlight them, and I bought one from mm, I'm going to forget the name, but a um like a very well-known on trend like women's like owned by a woman mom blogger, like turned planner, you know, um entrepreneur. And I, I gave it a good shot at using that um for like half a year. and it just I am not a paper planner person. Um, a couple years later, I did find my way to like modified bullet journaling that I've really been enjoying. And that's like ten years after that became trendy. But i'm just I am not a paper planner person.
1: I am not I agree. I think that I have also wasted money uh, <laughs> dabbling on trying to be a paper planner person. And I am very much a, paper note taker uh-huh. and dreamer person, but that's really different yep. from putting a calendar yes. in paper. It just doesn't work for me anymore. And I can almost pinpoint the last time I had like a little pocket calendar that I kept in my purse. This is when I finally decided just to go all in a Google calendar, which I've been great with Google calendar for at least seven years, but it took me a while. And I remember it was because I was putting some of my stuff on my Google calendar and some of it on my paper calendar. And I was like, why am I doing this? Yes. I've just created more work for myself. So yep. I'm very much with you there.
0: How about you? Something that didn't pan, yeah. pan out.
1: So two things recently, like 90. Remember that makeup that I bought yeah. that I was influenced by like one person and I bought a bunch of kind of expensive makeup. Um, I ended up sending most of it back or just eating the cost. You can't always make yeah. makeup. Um, Fortunately, because these were kind of expensive places, they mostly had really generous return policies and I did actually get refunds for some of it, but like, it just wasn't right for my face. Like mm-hmm. there was one, there was a, a, a cover up that was like a foundation, but it was way too opaque. And I was like, Oh no, I like more of my skin to show than this. Yeah. And um, I just, it just ended up being unlike the um. there was eyeshadows that were like too pigmented. And that's just not me. It just wasn't me. And I guess the, moral to that story was just because you trust someone knows what they're talking about. Doesn't mean that the way they use a product has anything to do with the way you use a product. Yes. Um, The one that I actually did really like, I got that Bobby Brown um, miracle balm and the name is Jones and co is the name of the company, but it's, you'll see it all over Instagram. Once you're of a certain age, maybe next year will be that year for you, Sarah. (laughs) And it's like, it goes on with a brush, but it's just this like balmy, glowy stuff. Okay. And I really did like that. And I use it just on my cheekbones, but Bobby Brown, the makeup artist, she puts it all over her face. Like in the videos, she shows you putting it all over. And I would feel like my face was just a big sticky fly trap if I did that. (laughs) So I like the product, but I'm not using it the way it was advertised.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: And then recently I decided that I was going to start wearing dresses again because I used to be really into dresses and like they were I had that was my mom uniform for a long Mm -hmm. time was like a a cute dress and leggings if it was colder out and a cardigan if it was colder out. But I kind of got away from that because I started not liking my body shape changed. And then at the same time, I started not liking some of the shapes that were coming out in dresses. It became very. Little house on a prairie on uh-huh. the prairie for a while in a very unattractive way, but I thought you know I don't know I could try it again and I bought a whole bunch of dresses and I've sent almost all of them back because they just weren't me. Like I I bought them online and thought oh these are cute and they were cute just, they they weren't I couldn't see myself wearing
0: them. Yeah, they were cute. They weren't for you,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I but I did get a couple that I really liked and kept.
0: So. Oh good. Well yeah. So maybe that's just a it's a ratio a success yeah. <laughs> like just a way it goes. a close rate. Yeah. Um. Well, is there anything that you have your eye on or are considering these days based that you've been influenced to consider, but that you haven't pulled the trigger yet?
1: I, well, okay. So remember how I sent that wool dress back? It was from wool. And okay. I actually think I will, I will order a different style from them. This one just had pockets that hit me in a weird spot and it, it just wasn't right. And they're not cheap. It's like an investment to get one of these dresses. So I think I will, because The weight of the wool, the fabric felt amazing. It was like wearing a soft, thin sweater, but in a dress. Mm. And there's like lots and lots of reasons wool wool wears really well. Um, It doesn't stink. You know, it packs well. Like all of those Mm -hmm. things, it's very, um, like, it's got good insulation properties, Mm -hmm. so it keeps you cool, but keeps you dry and keeps you warm at the same time. So I'm already a big fan of wool, but I think I will go back to woolland and try a different style of dress, and then. I couldn't really think of too many other ones because often what will happen. I can't think of them by name because mm-hmm. here's what will happen. Sometimes Instagram will feed me like a really cute brand. And it's not just one. I'm, I'm talking like in general, something that just tickles my fancy. Let's mm-hmm. say it's usually got like a fun floral print on a bunch of different things like bags and yeah, things like that or teapots or whatever. And I'll dig, I'll dive deep. Look at every product. Sometimes I'll put a bunch in my cart and then I click away and forget everything about (laughs) it. And then I have to wait for Instagram to feed it to me again. So eventually I probably will buy the things that I meant to buy or I just will forget they ever existed. And that's fine, too. But there's nothing I'm right now thinking. I don't know. I just need to be convinced. It's like I was already convinced. And then I just
0: I just like, right, it just like escaped. That's so funny. Yeah for me, there's like a whole category of cat related products that I get fed a lot of ads for because the algorithm knows now that I have cats and that I love cats and that I love cats on Instagram. Um, but when we got our two kittens a year and over a year ago, I, I kept it very simple. Remember I asked you about litter and litter boxes. I got everything kind of on the cheap. And because I wasn't sure like, okay, where exactly are they going to sleep at night? What? So I don't have any fancy cat products at all. And not that I want to become a super fancy cat person, but when I see ads, there's all kinds of things. I can't even name a specific product because I will get ads for like a little device that props your door open. So the cats can go through, but the dog can't, I will get ads for fancy litter boxes, for fancy cat beds, for cleaning solutions, for, uh, cat hair solutions. It's like literally everything cat related and I haven't pulled a trigger on any of them, but I have a I have a strong curiosity um toward like does any of this really work? Does any of it make for less cat hair or right. like a prettier aesthetic or the cats love it? I don't know. It's like a whole world that I haven't really dipped into.
1: The litter box thing to me is the one where I would spend real money, but I bought something advertised as a (laughs) self-cleaning litter box and of course i did i knew that it wasn't really self-cleaning but the idea is that there was like a trap at the back of it and you were supposed to like roll like rock it forward Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: the litter would kind of go through and it would catch Mm -hmm. the solids in the little filter then you'd pull it out and that's not like most of the time the kids are the ones doing the litter box and it was just it was it created more problems and it solved so now I feel like I'm a little skeptical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. And, and I, do, I, I feel a little skeptical of all of it, I'm, but I'm equal parts skeptical and curious. Ooh, listeners, maybe if you have any like n- newfangled, fancy cat contraptions, tell me what to buy. Yeah. Influence me. Yeah. Um. Well, we're going to wrap up talking about the algorithm and how well it knows us or doesn't. So tell me some things that the algorithm has wrong about you. Well, I think it's.
1: I think I confuse the algorithm (laughs) at times. Um, Often it believes that I am either far more politically liberal or conservative than I am.
0: In either direction. So it's it's making wild assumptions.
1: Yes. And I can tell when I've been, you know. Targeted. We live, yeah. Well, we live in a pretty, I guess, politically liberal world that we are in in our media, you know, people. So that doesn't surprise me. And I think when I see stuff where I'm like, Oh, okay. That that's making some assumptions about what I believe. Like, I'm I'm not surprised by that because it it's the waters I swim in. But sometimes I'll go like on a really deep dive um, where I'm looking at a lot of farm content, and then suddenly like I'm being invited to rallies and stuff, uh-huh. and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> or like you you know you follow someone because they have like a really pretty reel, but then the next thing they post, you're like, oh no, oh whoop whoop, whoops, oh, I'm, whoops, out. Whoops. I'm out, I'm <laughs> out, whoops whoops whoops. So it happens on both in both ways. And I am like very both moderate yet also independent. Like I'm all over the place politically. So it doesn't bother me when people believe different things than I do. I, I'm really tolerance the wrong word. I I just kind of don't care, but sometimes it's like aggressively. So, and then I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm not really here for this. So that, that happens a lot. Um, also, Instagram thinks I'm way more into new age stuff. And it, I think, also thinks I'm a witch. <laughs> so I somehow get a lot of witch content, like how to be a witch, how to cast spells as a oh, this witch. This is amazing. How to, like, make potions and grimmeries, I think is a word mm-hmm. that I... or Maybe grimmery might be, like, an animal um, spirit thing that you, like, cast. Like, oh. I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not even sure if that's the right word. It's like G-I- G-R-I-M-O-I-R-E. Okay. I think that might have something to do with like a powerful animal. Okay. That helps you. Anyway, I'm not a witch, but, um, and I'm not really interested in becoming a witch either. You're
0: not a trainee. An, an not a trainee. Aspiring witch.
1: No, but I think it's because I look for herbs and I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of into woo-woo stuff. Like, yeah. I like the idea of, and making your own soap um and making your own herbal remedies but that's not the same as casting spells right. so <laughs> right. it's just different. And I'm like oh all right <laughs> so on the one in th- on one hand it thinks that I want to go um to like a rally and overthrow the government and then on the other side it thinks that I want to join a coven
0: mm-hmm. yeah how about you? I love this so much it's so <laughs> it's you know the The overlords know a lot, but they they don't have it all They don't always get it right. right yet. So I get fed a lot of what I'm going to say, wholesome church related comedy. So these would be comedy reels that are really targeting people who know evangelical church culture really, really well and want to not um, not roast it in a like um, mean spirited, like coming from like a an anti-church perspective, but actually want to kind of like a loving send up a very inside joke. Often they're
1: Christians, by the way. Like I follow a a, a a lot of those accounts. Yes. Yes.
0: And and so and I think because I often watch them and then I get more of them. And so I do think the algorithm thinks that I am like a a church lady with a sense of humor, I guess you would call that. But like I actually don't go to church at all and have never been really super inside any faith community, so that's a, a bit of a miss, but I do enjoy the comedy um a while back, like a year or so ago, I was getting targeted with ads for super old lady skincare. I know we joke about like midlife lady um advertising that we get, and i'm forty three i'll be forty four in february i'm i don't I'm not offended by getting solidly midlife content at me, but this was I'm talking 75 plus like women doing their face and talking about their moisturizer. They were double my age. Um, yeah. And that was pretty funny. And I was getting a lot of it and I was like, well, wait, do they know I'm not 28, but do they also know I'm not 88? Like where I must've crossed (laughs) into a, you know, like age demographics it's like, okay, now I'm in the 43 and up and whatever targeted that I was like, whoa, okay. And then this is just recently for some reason, and I I can't think of, I don't think I searched for anything or said anything, but I am getting a lot of content about being someone with a super duper duper flat chest. I don't mean an A cup because I'm in real life, I'm like an A and a half or maybe a very small B cup. So I am actually a small busted person. I am not a boobless person. And there is a whole bunch of content. About like I don't know body confidence and like okay. other things i i'm I'm not even clicking on it because I'm like, wait, why is this all up in my feet all of a sudden? And I hope it's helpful for the people it's targeting, but like I do have it's not a pro it's not something I'm looking for. It's not a so problem that I have.
1: We've definitely talked about <laughs> your bust size in like in listening distance of your phone before, sure. Um, so maybe it heard that, but do you ever get paranoid that maybe there's a photo of you out there somewhere? Oh my
0: god. I had Instagram been is
1: like, hey.
0: Yeah. This looks really <laughs> odd. She's it, in
1: the what is it, the EBTC or whatever? Yeah. I- IBTC.
0: Yeah. This feels like a like almost a next step into something that maybe is like going down some really unhealthy. I, I've not even clicked on the reels because they look to me. Like crossing into really dark, maybe like disordered eating territory. I, I can't see. tell. It's yeah. very odd. Just um, don't engage or maybe for a while. So, there's maybe like surgery before and after. Yeah. Like I don't want any of that. So any, yeah. Anywho,
1: I wanted to quickly say that I I quickly searched to see I was wrong about what a grimoire is. Okay, okay so it's grimoire. Okay, tells me so I was way wrong, and that's actually a witch's like. Black Book of Spells. It's oh, like okay. your yeah. so the um or grimoire maybe anyway. It's not there's no URI. In right. It. It's War, armoire. like armoire. Yeah, Gu- yeah, exactly. Thank you. And then that, so that's like your manual. Um, a a little animal that would be your companion
0: is a familiar. Oh, I've heard of that. That's yeah, um, I had to yeah I forgot yeah. So. There's a yeah. I've definitely heard of that in literature and stuff. Well, um let's, let's talk about what the algorithm has figured out about us. And obviously it's figured out some stuff because we keep buying stuff and following people and reading books and stuff. Um, but lately in my Instagram, the algorithm knows how very much I love libraries and librarians and also musical theater, Broadway performances. And I could not be more delighted by both of these things there. I'm like completely, I'm like, yep, you are correct. The library thing is so funny because I now get a lot of content from other cities, public library systems. And if I don't look closely enough, I will think that it's my public library system, which I love so much. And my public library has a great presence on social media. They do a really good job with their Instagram and And I'll be watching something. I'm like, wait, this is the Madison public library. <laughs> like, this is like not, this is not an initiative that's happening near me, um, yeah. And actually with Broadway musical theater, the location was also weird for a while. It really wanted me to be a Chicago based person. Oh, um, so I was getting like all these targeted ads for shows and like um, Broadway related touring show related stuff, all Chicago land. I'm like, guys, that was like you're like 15 years. I haven't lived in Chicago in 18 years, and I haven't seen a show in Chicago like any time recently. So they're confused about the location. But um, I, I mean, those two things are worth staying on Instagram for me, libraries and yeah. theater. So.
1: I, I love that. I would like to see more theater okay. in my feed. Maybe you can help yeah, me with I'll that. Yeah, I'll
0: start DMing you.
1: Um, you know, it's so funny because the way that I often use Instagram isn't always the way I would like to be using like what I, w- what I want Instagram to feed me. And so it's like like we were talking about when you start going down a certain rabbit hole, it makes assumptions about you and then starts filling in the gaps, I guess, when it runs out of the stuff they know you want and like guessing. And that's where yes, I'm like, oh, that's when
0: things go. Very yeah. Very wrong. wrong.
1: So <laughs> if I could spend like 15 minutes a day just scrolling scenes of like people pouring and drinking tea and then everything kind of tea adjacent. So like really beautiful pastries. Mm-hmm. And like little snackables. Um, I'm not even looking for like tutorials. I don't care to learn how to make these things on Instagram. I just want to look at them. And like beautiful barnyard scenes and like moody English cottages, rainy, small town, like cobblestone street scenes, Mm -hmm. dusty old bookstores or libraries and homes with a ladder. Mm -hmm. Like if it could truly just be that for like 15 minutes a day, I would think that was amazing. It just never quite happens that way. Things then just
0: spiral. Things spiral Spiral out of control. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's what I, if I could truly curate that, and I guess now I'd almost have to start over. It's like what I would have to do is start a new account and only follow those accounts. And then I'd have to only look at my own feed and not go wandering into the,
0: yeah you know, the discovery tab, mm-hmm. which is where I end up seeing all the stuff. that. And I'm then like, they would what? probably track your behavior on your other devices anyway. Anyway. And it would yep, all right. bring you back to whatever they want you to look at. Mm-hmm. Yep, they got, me. got dark. I also really enjoy all of the moody English cottages and dusty old bookstores. Um,
1: I hope that when you're in England that you're going to take some photos in real life. Yes of moody street yes. and cottage scenes and yes. send them to me. I
0: hope so too. And yeah, perhaps tea. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, this was really, really fun. I'm so curious how our phones have been listening to us for the last hour and what we will now, when we open up Instagram, after we record this episode, what new delights will await us, the good, the bad and the weird.
1: I should have put my phone in a different room.
0: I know. My phone is now going to be like, what is even going on? What is happening? All right, everyone. We will be back with you next Tuesday. And we'll talk to you then. Back to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage.
1: And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes.
0: Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug.
1: That is amazing.
0: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K E R I K A dot A P P and use code TheMomHour to save 20%.
1: Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
0: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
1: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, francis.substack.com.